Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bulls Beat Podcast Show, the Chicago Bulls Podcast. Welcome back to the Bulls Beat, Bulls fans. Doug Tillman here with you discussing our Chicago Bulls, and we're going to spend a little time discussing who is the greatest player of all time. Is it Michael Jordan, or is it LeBron James, or do you have anyone else? And I think at this point in time, no one is really making the argument for anyone other than LeBron. We've been viewing it as, a, as just a deadlock for Jordan forever, and now with this fourth ring, many people are bringing up the debate as to whether or not LeBron James has now surpassed Michael Jordan. And so because I don't like to give you spoilers and keep you hanging, I'm going to tell you my vote on that is no. And that vote is not really based on being some super huge Bulls fan. I think there's a case to be made for LeBron. And I'm going to make that case now. So basically, you could convince me that LeBron James has had a better career than Michael Jordan. He's been around much longer. He has this longevity. I think it's been, what, 17 seasons now uh, that he's been in the league. And you know he had a much, much longer level of sustained excellence Uh, than Michael Jordan. And his level of sustained excellence is so long, in fact, that it really just kind of crushes anyone we've ever seen on the perimeter before. We've not really seen a perimeter player have this long level of sustained excellence. We have seen Kareem Abdul-Jabbar do it. We have seen Karl Malone do it. But LeBron James has had this level of excellence, which is just very, very long from the perimeter. And he's the first perimeter guy we've seen. Beyond that, even going beyond that, he's going to end his career probably as Uh, the league's highest scorer in the history of the NBA. So he's going to have a lot of these career type of measurements. I think he's top five in assists already. Whether he can climb that leaderboard even higher is also up for debate. And so if you're a guy or gal who values career statistics and you think the accumulation of these career stats and total stats uh, would make him the best player ever, then you have a real case for LeBron. And I'm not even going to tell you that that is wrong because being the greatest in some of these things and, and, and being able to put them together is special. It is a difficult thing to do. You know, he's the only one to do it. He'll be on top of some of these lists uh, forever. And uh, you know, maybe someone will come along someday and, and beat him, but he is, he's going to have that longevity that Jordan did not have. And, and who knows? I don't even know that Jordan could have had it. It's not like you know, he retired. If, if we had said maybe Jordan had stayed, what would he have done? You know, obviously, Jordan didn't come out at, in high school, so that limited some of his... Uh, prime years going to college to accumulate stats. But LeBron James probably is, is going to have some of these things, and that's, that's a legitimate case over Jordan. Now, if you're not going to go with longevity and you're not going to go with the value of sustained excellence over a very long time, then that's kind of it. You know, that's kind of what you have for LeBron. And you know what? I don't, I don't know that that's enough for me, and I, I don't think it's enough for probably most people. And here's the thing that's interesting with this fourth title. I don't understand why this brings up the discussion, other than that maybe we just don't have a lot to talk about, and we want to spend some time on this. Maybe we want to reaffirm some things. Who knows? Because LeBron had all of these career-based accolades. He was going to get those regardless of whether he won this title or not, right? He was still going to become the league's hiding scorer, barring something tragic happening to him over the next couple of years. He was still going to do that regardless. So winning this title doesn't help him with that. It just doesn't. You know, he, was, he was going to have that you know, no matter what. And to some degree, even if he ends up winning six titles and tying Jordan, the fact that he will have a minimum of 12 attempts to get them and the fact that he will have played so many more years, so his titles per year is actually much, much less. Like those things to me still don't make LeBron necessarily better than Jordan. Now, that could change based on you know, how things go and how he accumulates those titles and who he defeats and things like that. But it's not like just getting this number means a whole lot. 
Jordan isn't better than Kobe Bryant because he has six titles and Kobe has five. He's not better than Magic Johnson or Kareem for that reason. Like, that's not why Jordan is better. If Jordan had somehow only had five titles, I would still view him as a better player than those players. So it's not just the, the raw number. But part of it is the number of titles you got versus the number of attempts, how important you were in those titles, how dominant you were in those titles. There's never a question in any of Jordan's titles if he was the second best player on his team. In his losses, there was never a question of whether he was the second best player on his team. And that's not necessarily true with Kareem. It's not necessarily true with Magic. It's not necessarily true with Kobe. You know, so, so it's, that's, that's a little bit different. You know, Jordan was, was the reason they won six titles. And those other guys were big parts of why they won. And, and you could maybe argue they're the reason they won. But, I mean, how many of you are saying that Kobe Bryant was more important than Shaquille O'Neal on three of those titles? You know, I don't know if anyone is saying that. Kareem and Magic, clearly, since they won some together, they, they couldn't both be the most important guy on all, all of those teams. And you would say probably at one point Kareem is maybe more important than Magic. Uh, you know, towards uh, towards uh, the end of Kareem's career was definitely more important. So it is it is definitely not like the exact same thing. You know, having a number of rings means one thing, but how you got those rings means something else too. And so that's, that's part of this, this discussion. So uh, LeBron right now, he's got five finals MVPs. He was the best player on, on his teams each time he won. Now, now, interestingly, some of the years he lost, like when he lost to the Dallas Mavericks, he was not the best player. He was like the second best player, maybe even the third best player in that loss. And he was the main reason they lost. We'll get to that in a second. But so, so it does de- depend a little bit who you beat, how you get there. And so I'm going to talk about this specific title. This was maybe the weakest set of competition any champion has ever had to face like in the last 40 years. So let that sink in. You let Jimmy Butler kick your ass in two out of six games. I mean... You know, so that wasn't like that impressive of a win. Yeah, you, you slammed the door on the Nuggets, who looked, looked great for a hot second because they came back from 3-1 deficits against the Jazz and the Clippers. You know, you got lucky in that this bubble environment, you know, a lot of the, the high-seeded favorite teams lost. You know, you got, you got Boston and Toronto and Milwaukee all losing in the East. You got the Clippers losing in the West. Like, all of the teams that we thought might or might not give the Lakers problems lost, and they'd have to play any of them. This is the weakest competition ever to play. Now, you can only play who they put in front of you. I'm not saying this wasn't a great win by LeBron and, and the Lakers and uh, Anthony Davis. It was. You know, they, they, they beat the guys they put in front of them. They beat them soundly. But it wasn't like you, like you don't look at this and be like, wow, that was just some dominant run for the ages that we need to remember. They kind of beat no one. They, they just got lucky. I mean, they, they might have won anyway. Like, if they had to play the Clippers and the Bucks, they might have won anyway. I think I, I kind of think they would have. But they didn't. They didn't have to play those other good teams. They didn't have to play anyone. They, they, and, and so when you're looking at, like, the value of this title, does a title run where basically you just get, like, a golden draw and don't have to play anybody to win? You, you don't have to play any of the really good teams. Is that, that's what puts you over the top. Like, you were like, ah, you know what? I kind of thought Jordan was better. But now that LeBron... Uh, you know, won this title by beating kind of like a bunch of nobody teams, like f- low 50 and, and high 40 win teams. Now he's the greatest. Like that's, that's, this is what pushed you over the edge. This title, beating Miami, that, that's what pushed you over the top. A Miami team, by the way, that was 4-2 and two in the series and had two of their best three players injured, you know, missing time. 
<laughs> and you still took them to six games. I mean, it's like, look, I, I, you won. You, you can only beat who they put in front of you. You know, you did it. But, like, the Lakers should have swept the crap out of the Heat. I mean, they just should have. There's no reason the Heat should have. Like, they totally dropped the rope when they just let Jimmy Butler win a game without Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic in the game. Like, they dropped the rope. No dominant performance. This is nothing. This is not one for the ages or anything. It just, it just isn't. I mean, it just isn't. Like, just factually, they didn't beat anyone. So, like, I don't see how this puts you over the top. Now, you may have already been someone who said LeBron was better than Jordan. And I made the case earlier. If you're someone who values, you know, the quality of career and the longevity of career and really appreciate how difficult it is to do something so great for so long, yeah, make that case. Absolutely. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you uh, you're wrong necessarily. I, I disagree. I guess we could argue about it. But, like, I get it. I get why someone would, would feel that way. I mean, there is an element of that is the greatest career that anyone has had longevity-wise. But typically when we talk about greatest, we're talking about peak performance. And, you know, at that point then, you know, that those things don't quite matter as much unless that peak was higher. And I don't think anyone, you know, goes and says, wow, LeBron's peak was, was much better than Jordan's peak. I mean, they were, they're both just accumulated like a ton of stats, right? I mean... LeBron played power forward. He's a taller player. He's a bigger player. He wins the rebounding battle. Like, okay, I guess if you want to, you know, he's more of a passer. Jordan wins scoring. LeBron wins passing. You know, but they're, they're both just tremendous. And I don't think, I don't think we would look at those individual stats and we would, we would say so much. I mean, the thing that's so great about both these guys, and I, I throw Shaq in this category too because Shaq is the other guy that was like this with me. It was just like, it just kind of felt like no matter how many guys you put in front of them, you couldn't stop them. Like, if they wanted to score and you put three guys on them, they're just going to score anyway. And those are the three guys in my lifetime of watching basketball that I felt that way about and, and really appreciate above all other players. You know, Shaq, LeBron, and Jordan. Those three just incredible, incredible. So now we're going to go through and they, people will say, you know what, hey, hey, Doug, you know, LeBron, he may not have the best finals records, but you know, he wasn't the favorite on all these teams, right? You know, like sometimes you just lose to, to better teams. You know, so in 06, 07, you know, like he just got there ahead of schedule. You know, it's great that he got there so early. He got there much younger than Jordan did. And I agree, completely agree. He did get there. But we talk about the East being weak. And getting there doesn't matter much. And people will say, hey, but he still did all the time. All right. In 06-07, when they lost to the Spurs, they were swept. You know who wasn't swept by the Spurs? Every other single team they played. The Spurs lost a game to Denver, two to Phoenix, one to Utah. And who did the Cavs beat to get there? They beat the 41-win Pistons, 41-win Nets, and the 53-win declining Detroit Pistons. And all right, great, you beat the Pistons. You know, I'm not saying that's not a good win. It's a good win. But the Pistons were, were very old. They were starting to fall apart. Yeah, you got that win. Good job. But, like, were you the second-best team in the league that year just because you made it to the finals? I mean, you kind of maybe won one series that maybe you shouldn't against a 53-win team. Like, that's not, a, that's not like an amazing playoff run. You know, I, I just, it's, it's, it's good. You know, you did a good job. But it's not like you, you beat someone, like, tremendous to get there. And it's not like you played well against the Spurs when you're there. You got absolutely annihilated. And every other team the Spurs played did better against them than you did. So, like, how much credit do we give LeBron for that? Yeah, it's good. It, it's good. But, like, do you get credit for making it there? Like, I, I just don't see how you do. And then... You know, things aren't going well for you on the Cavs, and I get it. Like, you didn't, the Cavs didn't draft a Scottie Pippen. You never got a second star with you, and you, you weren't going to win if you didn't change teams, and you desperately wanted to win to validate your greatness. And I'm completely on board with that. Like, I, I completely agree with that. You need to do that. But you leave in a kind of, kind of an embarrassing way. In a, and probably people talk about LeBron as this, 
you know, amazing social person who helps the world and does all these things. Like that was one of the most immature, crazy things to ever have happened in ruining his image. And I'm glad he's got his image back and whatever. But like when you talk about what a great guy off, on and off the court he is, like he's done some absolutely great things on and off the court and off the court. He's, but he's also done some really boneheaded things. Like the decision was maybe one of the worst decisions in the history of players, like in what they've done off the court. You know, him speaking out on China uh, when he's generally been a social justice warrior and kind of chiding Daryl Morey because he doesn't want to lose the, the money from China. Like, I, I don't blame him for that. Like, I don't care that players aren't involved in China and that they care about black lives, but they don't care about Chinese lives. Like, I get it. Like, I'm, you're, you're black. This is happening to you here. You don't really know what's going on there. Like, I get it. But, you know, it, it does take away a little bit of that. Like, you know, you don't, you don't go, wow, this guy is just a complete social justice warrior who's, who's out there fighting for everything. Like, well, yeah, you're kind of fighting for people like you. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's, it's great. You should be. And, and he is. But like he didn't make this fight that was a risk. And the fight for social justice for black people right now in this society is not a risk. He's not risking marketing deals or anything by doing this. Like every corporation is on board with this. He's not taking any type of social risk to take the stance that he's taking. It's just a different time. And that's great, by the way. I think that's awesome. I'm glad it's a different time. And that he can stand up there, be black, be proud, be unapologetic about it and try and fight for black rights. That's great. But it's no risk. It's no risk. I mean, once there was a risk about you know, being a social justice warrior, he didn't take it, right? Like when there was something with China, he didn't take the risk. So he does those things. That's great. But like when you go back and say, hey, Jordan didn't do that. Well, it was a huge risk for Jordan at the time. And, and what Jordan did actually in that way is he actually made being a black athlete something that white people would cheer for unapologetically in love. He became the most popular athlete in the world. And the fact that he didn't take this huge social stance may have actually been required for him to attain that level of popularity because he brought everyone together rather than dividing. He was a great uniter of everyone. Everyone loved Michael Jordan. And so, uh, you know, I don't give Jordan any special credit for that either. But like if he had acted like LeBron, I don't think he would have been as big as he was. I don't think he actually would have helped black athletes as much as he did. So from that social thing, I don't, I don't put that in my part of the equation. But if you want to, LeBron didn't take any like big risks like in, in, in what he does here. So I don't, I don't think it's fair to give him a whole lot more credit than Jordan. I think the way Jordan acted, whether you appreciate it or not appreciate it, I, th- I think it actually probably helped more than if he was more outspoken in terms of bringing people together and making really drawing everyone to, to love uh, a black athlete more so than anyone else in the world. And that might have been the first time that that really happened. So I, I actually think there's something to appreciate there with Jordan and that we, we shouldn't necessarily overlook that. Anyway. Back to on the court. So, you know, LeBron has to leave. He's got to leave the Cavaliers. And no blame here. So he goes to Miami. He leaves because his team is lousy and he can't get them over the hump. Jordan didn't have to do that, but Jordan had great players that were brought into it with him. And LeBron didn't. So I don't give that as a huge point over Jordan. You know, I I understand it. So he leaves for Miami. Gets to the finals in 2010-11. Loses to the Dallas Mavericks. You lose to the Dallas Mavericks. And you lost 4-2 to the Mavericks, who also, you know, beat the Blazers 4-2. So it's not like you even took the Mavericks to more games than everyone else they played. This is a huge choke job. This was like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors and then the Warriors losing if they lost their first title. But they didn't because they didn't choke. It was a huge choke job. And it was a huge choke job by LeBron, who was particularly awful in this series. So it's not like just that they lost and you didn't win and it didn't go your way. You lost because you were bad. You lost because you personally 
LeBron James were really, really bad in the NBA Finals. Dwayne Wade was a way better player than you. Chris Bosh was maybe even a better player than you. They lost because you were bad. You averaged 17.8 points in that series. You were awful. I guess I'll say it's better than Chris Bosh. That was that's probably a cheap shot. But Dwayne Wade played outstanding in that finals. 26.5 points per game, 55% from the field. Dwayne Wade was amazing. Dwayne Wade was carrying your ass, and, and you were not able to do your share, and you lost. And so that's never happened to Jordan. So now we go, you win two. You're, you're basically set up to be a super team, and you go two and four. You lose to the Spurs, and people will say, you know, the Spurs were a better team. But in that year, you lost to the Spurs in 13-14. The Spurs lost four two, or won 4-2 against the Thunder. They went to seven games against Dallas, and they were 4-1 against the Blazers. You arguably played the Spurs worse than every other single team they played. So if you want to say you're the second best team, again, this is like 06-07. Maybe there's 05-06, right? But it's like that other, other series against the Spurs. You weren't the best team that played them either. So yeah, you got there, and you, know, you, you were set up to be this dominant franchise, and you couldn't even win. You were lucky. You were lucky to win the previous year, in fact. I mean, and so that, I think, to me, is, is a big part of this, too. You were lucky to win the previous year. Like, you, you barely got that one. You won it in seven. There was a Ray Allen miracle and Kawhi Leonard missed free throws away from you, you know, losing that series. You barely won it. And so, like, if I start looking at these series, did they have any chance against the Spurs in the first one? No. Did they have a chance against the Mavericks? Well, they should have, but they didn't. They didn't even take it to seven. You go to 2012 when they, they played the Oklahoma City Thunder. And, you know, they win that one in five. So you, you won that one really cleanly. So that one. The next one, you actually probably should have lost. You got really, really lucky. Then you got annihilated. So through these first five finals appearances, you know, really, you've lost once as a favorite. Like once you just got, twice you played the finals team worse than like everyone else they played. And once you won by some dumbass luck in seven games. Like you still won, they're a champion, not taking away, but you barely won. Like, so, you know, I like, how dominant is that? Like beyond that, you know, you have the Bulls who basically, they never went to seven games against anyone in the finals. They had one seven game series against the Pacers. That was very close. And they, they were lucky to win that game. So if I go back to Jordan and I play the same criteria, the Bulls were very, very lucky, very, very lucky to have won that series against the Pacers. That could have gone either way. And so, you know, but they, they won that one. Out of, out of their six championships, that one could have gone either way. So out of LeBron's, you know, wins is four, one of them <laughs> so far absolutely could have gone either way. So now we, we go back and we, we play the, the Warriors in 14-15 once we join the Cavs. LeBron's team was the only team to even take a game off the Warriors. All right. You, you played them the best, as good as anyone anyway. 4-1 wasn't impressive, but we're not going to blame you for losing that one. 16-17, you know, you, you beat them. This is the team that looked dominant. You, you beat them, in, and you, uh, sorry, 16-17, you drop them to the Warriors again. Is that it, right? I got to go look that up now. You lost in six in 16-17 and uh, six games. The Grizzlies also took them in six games. 
And so it's fine. You know, you, uh, you, did, you didn't win that one, but you, you, you played them really well. That's Kevin Durant. It was 15-16 that you knocked off the 72-win team. We'll get back to that in a second. And then 17-18, swept in the finals. Again, the Warriors uh, did better against, or did worse against every other team they played. Needed seven games to get past the Rockets. And then the Cavs needed seven games to get past Indiana and Boston. So like clearly, in that series, you also really weren't the second best team. Or even kind of close. Uh, it's 16, 17, maybe the second best team. So in terms of getting there out of these years that they got there, like probably half of those years, it's pretty clear LeBron wasn't really on the second best team, but just had a really easy route. And so valuing that, all I'm saying, is pretty low. If now you go back and you look at a couple of years, Jordan didn't make it there. The two years prior, they lose to the Pistons, and they played the Pistons better than anyone else in the league that year, and the Pistons won those both two titles, but the Bulls took more games on them than anyone else they played. So even though the Jordan didn't get there those two years, you know his two losses were against the best team in the league, and he did a better job against them than anyone else did. And so when I start looking at that, and you start trying to add up this record of like these things and say, like, well, getting there matters. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like We've kind of shown that getting there, he wasn't really the best team several of those times. And Jordan, he didn't get to the finals a couple of times, but he really was the second, on the second best team, leading the second best team. And then you talk about what you've done all these times. Uh, Jordan never lost when his team was the favorite. LeBron has lost when his team was the favorite, at least once, maybe twice, depending on how you, you feel about that, that second Spurs uh, series. And you know, he lost, he lost as his team was the favorite, and he, he lost because it was his fault. He personally crapped the bed. And, and Jordan has nothing like that. So when we start talking about now getting there, how, how important that is, um, you know, it, clearly it means nothing. It means nothing. It's not at all a feather in LeBron's cap to have done it. When you look at their record in these series and who they lost to, you know, in that run, Jordan was the best team, on the best team, made the best team six times, and he was on the, made the second best team twice, really. And you kind of look at, like, how those series played out. And if you go look at LeBron's record, you know, technically he's in the finals ten times, but... At least three of those times, it looks pretty clear that he wasn't on the second best team. He just got lucky that he was not playing in the West where all the teams were stacked. And that, that's just statistically breaking down and looking at it. And so when I look at that run, you know, Jordan, Jordan's run was more impressive. It, it just was more impressive. And when I look at like if you ever win or lose the finals, uh, in the finals or any series even, you don't have to go back to series because you play badly, that doesn't really happen with Jordan. And it does happen at least one time with LeBron James. And so when we're talking about the biggest moments and all those other things, Jordan's record in this period is it's just, it's just better. And so now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against the final argument people are going to make for LeBron James. And this is a new one. He's the first player ever to win with three different franchises. First player ever to do that. That's got to be super impressive, right? First player to win with three franchises, like three teams to the finals. And so that's not impressive. You know why it's not impressive? It's impressive as an individual accolade because not many people even win three titles. So it's impressive that he won these different titles. But you know why that's not more impressive than what Jordan did? Because each time he switched teams, he increased his odds of winning a championship. So he didn't make things more difficult on himself. Does anyone think that if LeBron James had stayed in Cleveland the first time in 2010 instead of going to Miami, 2009-10, does anyone think that if he had done that and at the end of that offseason that he would have had more titles than if he had just stayed in Cleveland. No, no one thinks that. That's ridiculous, right? Like, he went and joined two other superstars. He won two of the next four. There's no way that was going to happen in Cleveland, who had no cap room and had no way to bring another star. Zero chance, right? Zero percent chance. 
Now, does anyone think if he stays in Miami, instead of going back to Cleveland, that he's going to win more titles? So he gets to team up with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. And Chris Bosh now, is, he ends up with, with a condition and can no longer play. And Dwayne Wade is, is, you know, just kind of fell off a cliff pretty quickly. Does anyone think he wins another title if he stays in Miami? Maybe it's one and one. Maybe he still wins one more in Miami. But I don't think that that's likely. Certainly the one year that they, they did beat the Warriors, they weren't going to do that. They weren't going to do that in Miami. Because their players would have gotten even worse and older. And so I think probably, really, when we look at it, no. He's going to win zero more titles if he stayed in Miami. And now we go to this Cavs. Does anyone think if he stays with the Cavs versus going to the Lakers that he's going to win more titles? The Cavs at this point have lost Kyrie Irving. They don't have a lot in terms of trade assets to bring in another player. They can't bring in someone of Anthony Davis's ilk. But the Lakers can. They have all kinds of trade assets and young players. And they're the Lakers. Everyone wants to go play with the Lakers. And clearly, you know, Rich Paul like, helped line this whole thing up. I mean, it's pretty much collusion. The league probably shouldn't have allowed it to begin with. I mean, it was ridiculous that, that this happened. If I was a Pelicans fan, I'd be probably pissed forever about it. But whatever. You know, if a guy wants out, you also kind of don't want him in a way. And maybe getting Zion Williamson like, just makes all the negativity around that fall away. Anyway... But so, no, I don't think anyone thinks if he stays in Cleveland that he's going to win another title. I don't think he would have won a title this year. Do you? No. And so every time he left, he left to improve his chances of winning a title. He left for greener pastures rather than sticking it out in one place. And I don't blame him for that. I started off doing, I don't blame him for that. Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen his whole career. They were able to bring in Dennis Rodman. They had Horace Grant. They had great players around him. Maybe not as great as LeBron has had in, in absolute terms, but they had great players around him. They built great teams. And, and so if Jordan had not had Pippen, would Jordan have won six titles? No. If they weren't able to bring in another player, if they had kept Odin Polonese instead of drafting Scottie Pippen, would they have won titles? Probably not. And, and so I don't blame LeBron for doing that, but it's not a credit to him either. It's not a credit to him that he took the easiest road every time that he could to get there and that he didn't stick it out with the team. It's not a credit that he did it with three teams because every time he did it, he increased his chances. And so, again, no blame, not a negative, but it's not a positive. It's not something you go, wow, you know, you made this even easier for yourself, but you did it in this unique way that no one's done. Uh, But, you know, but, but you still made it easier on yourself. So it doesn't make you a greater player. It just doesn't. It doesn't make you a greater player. And so in the end, you really come down to this. When, when you look at their playoff success, Jordan's is undeniably better. They never lost because he choked. And, and there were games he played badly. I'm not going to say he was perfect. But they never lost a series because he choked. He was the best, on the best team six times versus four. He was on the second best team twice. This is probably about what LeBron was realistically when you balance out the conferences. And he did it in a much shorter period of time, many fewer prime years to be able to accomplish that. And so to me, there's there's no argument. Jordan's peak was better than LeBron's peak. I think he's a better winner. If you had the game on the line, I think you would have trusted Jordan more than you would trust LeBron. And that's it. So you either either think that that's more important or you think having the, the career stats 
having that longevity, being able to compile things over a longer period of time, having this run of sustained excellence is more important. And if you're one of those second people who thinks that's more important, all the power to you. We will agree to disagree about it, but like, hey, all the power to you. It's a very legitimate argument. Absolutely a very legitimate argument. If you're going to like calculate career win shares, you know, whatever. And someone made the argument like, well, would you rather have LeBron James's career or Michael Jordan's career? Well, I mean, as it turns out, if I wouldn't have LeBron James's career because he would have left my team, you know, as soon as it wasn't the best chance for him to win. If I have Michael Jordan's career, then maybe not. But different eras, different players. If Michael Jordan was in this era and had no one around him, it was a free agent. I, come on, I think Jordan would have left. Like, I, I don't think he was like, oh, wow, man, these bulls. I love, love Jerry Reinsdorf. You know, like, I, I think he could have left. So, it, it, you know, it's fine. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't really, like, blame LeBron for it. I just don't give him any credit either. It's just, it's a neutral. So, that's it. So, for me, still Michael Jordan. For someone else, yeah, maybe not. But not because he won this year. This year didn't mean crap. This, this didn't mean anything. It's a, it's a complete non-factor. Now, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot about all this. The one point LeBron has, and I meant to raise this because it's super important, is he beat the 73 win warriors in the finals. Now, Draymond Green got suspended. We had like some, a little bit of drama around there where they have still won had the league not intervened. I think the answer to that is probably not, but we'll never know. But he won, and so it doesn't matter. You know, whatever, could, ifs and buts, doesn't matter. He won. And, and, and so they won that, that series, and that is one of the greatest upsets in finals history. And I think that does do something to balance out his great choke job against the Dallas Mavericks. Now, granted, Kyrie Irving you know, played off the hook in that series too, but you know, LeBron's still the best player there. And I, I think that does something to balance it out. Now, the reason that doesn't overbalance what Michael Jordan did is because Michael Jordan was the 72 Chicago Bulls, right? Like he was the, the guy who came in with the juggernaut and just ran rampage over the league and no one could stop them. Like a run of excellence where you're just like, holy crap, these guys are unbeatable. No one even has a chance. No one even has a chance at these guys. And you could maybe argue the Heat had maybe one season that was kind of like that. I don't know. If, you're, if you look at the Heat that way, I, I guess you could, you could argue that. But, you know, if you look at their, their postseasons against in, in 11-12, 4-1 against the Knicks, 4-2 against the Pacers, 4-3 against the Celtics, 4-1 against the Thunder, that's not that dominant. You go next year and you got 4-0 against the Bucks, 4-1 against the Bulls, 4-3 against the Pacers, 4-3 against the Spurs. That's not dominant. You got lucky to win that one. So, you know what? The Heat never had that kind of just like untouchable, you can't even hold a candle to us. We are the dominant force of the NBA type of run. You know, they stopped a run like that once, and that's impressive. But why has LeBron James never been the guy who caused such a run? Can't say he hasn't had great teammates. Had two Hall of Fame teammates next to him in Miami, and three if you count Ray Allen. I mean, Ray Allen wasn't in his prime, but given that he bailed your ass out on this playoff series in, against uh, the Spurs, I, I think we could still maybe count him. But he had, he had, he had three, two prime Hall of Fame t- teammates for four years in Miami. He had two prime Hall of Fame uh, caliber teammates. Maybe Kevin Love's not a Hall of Fame caliber guy. It looked like he was on that path, but maybe not, you know, seeing how his career turned out. But he had at least an all-star and another Hall of Fame caliber teammate in Cleveland. And you have uh, a Hall of Fame caliber teammate in in L.A. So, you know, you've, you've had the teammates. Why haven't you had that kind of run? You know, why why have you not been able to, to, to do that? So, yeah. All right. Now I'm done for you. That was a lot. That was a long time. 30 minutes to talk about LeBron James and Michael Jordan. But 
Next time you're sitting in a bar and someone wants to argue about it, you can go back, you can quote some of these things. You can say, you know what? This is how you can look at it. If you want to be a LeBron James guy, it's cool. But you're a longevity guy. You're not a peak talent guy, and this is why. All right, that's been Doug Tonus. This has been the Bulls Beat. Hit me up on Twitter, Doug underscore Tonus, or on the Real GM Forum if you want to ask any questions that will appear on the show, and I'll talk to you guys soon.